What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. The Untitled Hockey Podcast is back. It is myself, Greg Piatelli, and Mark Higgins recapping the last couple weeks in the NHL. We talk some Flyers, some Bruins. We go through division by division, talk about these teams, what they might be doing with the trade deadline about a month away, key storylines, all that good stuff. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. As always, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, The Bullpen Cart, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a nice five-star review. Mash that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram is where you can find all of our great content, including my rants after every Flyers game. The Bullpen Cart Podcast group on Facebook is where you can be a part of the conversation. But enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think in the show notes. And here we go. Welcome to this episode of the podcast here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. Still untitled hockey podcast. Maybe we'll brainstorm that on this episode. But I am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me, we're all back together. The three of us, the three amigos, the two boys up in Boston. We'll start with the seasoned veteran, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? George Washington Cannell the sixth. Oh, I have a bone name. to pick with you. The full I government name. named you. A government named you because I have a bone to pick with you. Oh, we can get into it later. But I, right. yeah, government named you because government. I have a bone to pick with you. <laughs> Is it a, Ra- a Ralph Boner pick? I, I don't, I don't get the reference. I'm uh, not. It's from Wandavision. Wandavision. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, let's go over to Mac as he instructed me to introduce him by last time. It is Mac Higgins. How are you, buddy? <laughs> What's going on, boys? Glad to be back. Uh, glad I did a healthy scratch this week after you guys tore it up last week or two weeks ago without me. But glad to be back, Jory. Let's I'm, do it. I'm pumped that we're all back together. Talk about some of the uh, the findings in the NHL. I think one team listened and really threw it in our face, Greg, as the New York Islanders have been on an absolute tear. And we'll start in the East Division with the Islanders red hot. The Penguins winning seven of their last ten games. The Devils kind of falling off. Flyers playing 500 ball or 500 puck. The Capitals looking pretty good and getting hot. Ovi starting to score more goals. But I think the biggest news out of the division right now is Tom Wilson going after Brendan Carlo. Brandon Carlo, Brendan Carlo on Friday night and suspended for seven, count them, seven games. You guys are both Bruins fans. I'm sure you were not fans when this happened. Do you think that was too much, too little, or right, or the right amount? I was going to say right on time, but that doesn't make any sense. Greg, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's one of those things where repeat offender, right? So automatically, you think it's got to be longer than normal, and this only brings back, which was brought up in a in a cousin's group chat that Mark and I are in, but uh, was brought up. You know, you go back to who's that scumbag penguins player that, that Matt took Cook. out. Yeah. Matt cook and ended, ended a guy's career, Mark Savard's career, you know, like to me, a guy, especially if something as obvious as he jumped, like Brandon Carlo is, is six, five, whatever he is. He's super tall. Wilson is shorter than him. You can see him leave his feet. 
Carlos in a, in a compromised position and he leaves his feet, elbows, shoulder, all that to the head. So in my opinion, which will never happen, my opinion is a guy should have to sit as long as the other guy, like if, as long as the other guy, until the other guy returns, that guy who initiated the hit should be suspended until that other guy returns. That makes sense. So Wilson should not Genius. be able to play again until Carlo comes back. And Carlo, you know, they, they're looking at weeks or months at this point. That's an interesting take. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it, nailed it around the head that you can clearly see. It wasn't even like he like kind of did. He clearly jumped to get him, and he gets both, basically both forearms right into the face. It was, it was a scary scene, especially when you slow it down. But, Mark, what are your thoughts on maybe this? It, yeah, go on, Greg. What were you going to say? I was just saying, maybe that's extreme, and maybe that's, like, too much. But I just feel like if you really are serious and want to get these type of things out of the game, which they should be, then – there has to be some major consequences and, and especially for a guy who has now done this, he's been suspended six times or five times in his career for, for hits to the head. So it's like, he's clearly not getting the message. And, you know, at some point you got to go extreme with it. And that's my extreme idea. And I'm sticking to it. Yeah. The only thing I would have an issue with that is it almost sounds like the targeting role in college football, the auto ejection of like, and I'm not like, obviously Tom Wilson's an, an exception to this thought that I'm going at, but like of whether or not it's, you know, it's an accident or, or what happens here. This is not that, that case, but that would be my only qualm with it of like, you know, it's some freak thing where something happens. No, it's like, it's not even that it's, it's like I'm saying, it's not even that it's, it's like, all right, you gave a guy a concussion. Now that like this can, this case, the Bruins are missing their top two defensemen. One of their, their two best defensemen, and he's going to be out for weeks on end, and the cap, the person who hit him should have to miss equal amount of time. Yeah, my my only mode I'm saying is like if it's something where it's a more of a freak accident kind of thing, and it's it's a lot worse of an injury than you know it might have been yeah, because but, it's an accident that this guy yeah, but like, freak for, accidents. You don't get suspended for freak accidents. Okay, all right. So you're saying if there's a, if it would be suspendable, then it's a you know then 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 it's as long as the guy is hurt for. Right, right. Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. Give give us your take. You're you're the you're the level headed one. You've 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 had a concussion. You've given concussions. Give us give a give us your take. Yeah, I mean this one hit at home for me because I've had a couple concussions. But I mean you could just see it was like a predatorial hit. He lined him up from a blue line, gained speed, yeah, came in, it's a tough and drilled one. his head through the glass like. If you're going to do that, like run his whole body through the boards, like hit him in the shoulder, separate his shoulder, do something. There was a scumbag hit by him, just completely unnecessary. And it's sad because Wilson doesn't have to play like that anymore. I mean, he's got 20 goals the past two seasons. He's almost a point per game this season. I mean, he's become like a legitimate first, second line player now. So he doesn't need to be pulling that shit anymore to remain. Um, he plays on the, the same line as Ovechkin. Like, you're exactly right. I mean, he doesn't and, need to do that. And in the past, he's gotten 25 games in an 82-game season. Um, I think this comes out to, what, like a 10-game suspension in an 82-game season? Seven times eight. Yeah, is, yeah something uh, like that, yeah. Probably seven, uh, 10 or 11, something like that. It's over 10% of the season. This isn't as bad as, like, his 25-game suspension. It'd be a 10-gamer in an 82-game season. I think it's right. But, Greg, that's a great point about, like, having to sit out as long as Carlo's out. I mean – Hopefully they implement that one day, but yeah, unnecessary about Wilson. He doesn't need to be pulling that shit anymore. I mean, guys like Marshawn, who I know this is a Flyers podcast, but 
Marshawn's turned his game around. He used to pull that oh, shit it's all the time. Philly and Boston. Day. You guys, are, uh, you outnumber me. <laughs> don't let Greg. Don't let Greg trick you on this. He's gonna like what? turn it around and try to give me positives of that sort of thing. But I love the I'm Bruins' the... response to it. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was great to be a Bruins fan watching it after that with Bergeron giving Wilson a word in between periods, like you're gonna pay for that, and then two guys stepping up to him and fighting him. Yeah, and and honestly, like it's you know you got to give Wilson some credit in that like he did fight twice in the game, so in theory he took himself out and and like Mark said, the Bruins, you know, new captain Patrice Bergeron went over at, in uh, right before the start of the second and was like, hey, that was just scumbag move like we're coming after you and wilson's like what do i do but try to play dumb but he to his credit he fought both times people came up to him and initiated both times he he uh reciprocated whatever dropped the gloves etc so yeah we wouldn't have a league anymore if everybody did that every night just lined up from a blue line skater as hard as they could and drilled someone's head into the boards it's fucked like you can't oh yeah it's completely that shit it's, I mean, I don't know what their coach was talking about after the game. Like, oh, it was a healthy hit. That guy's full of shit. And he's a mass boy, Peter Laviolette. But that was completely unnecessary. He doesn't need to be doing that shit. He can play hard and tough and dirty, like hitting guys straight on, like it's shoulder to shoulder. But lining his head up, slamming it through the glass, like they're trying to take that out of the game. So, I mean, I thought seven games is fair. It, uh, like Bruins fans want more. Caps think it's bullshit, but I think it's a good middle ground. Yeah, they uh, so the games he misses, he missed the last night in Philadelphia where the Capitals won 3-1. They play New Jersey tomorrow night, the Flyers in Philly two more times, the Sabres, and then the final game of the suspension is at home against the Islanders. So, you know, we can talk about the Flyers in a little bit and what, you know, my thoughts are and your guys' thoughts as non-Flyers fans. But, you know, they play two teams that are that are below that, so... It may or may not be a disadvantage because of not no disrespect, but New Jersey's not playing very well. Buffalo has been a complete train wreck, so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, New with Jersey, it. New Jersey just New Jersey just beat the number one team in the division, so they're playing pretty well, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you keep saying that, but as, as mentioned before in this podcast, Mark is was a Flyer fan in his, his youth and yes Bruins are his number so one the team, connection but... Mark is the bridge <laughs> right Mark Mark's the bridge yeah. exactly love Johnny Leclerc, Leclerc back in the day oh he's my favorite my the first dress. favorite flyer <laughs> but no I mean and and I think Mark's right it's it's the larger point Wilson at this point like sure year one year two when he came to the league that's how he made the team you see that now with Trent Frederick of the Bruins and I'm sure there's some some scumbag flyer flyer players doing the same thing, but two three years down the road, you know he he's established himself as a first second line guy, scores goals, he's physical, but his game is is a clean physical. He's a setup, the goal scorer, right? He gets power play time. He's not that type of player anymore, and and I think you know the difference is Mark with Martian is, you know Martian wasn't attacking guys' heads. He was, you know slew footing which you know that's just a size thing right him being so small or or licking people which is not as serious but uh he was no burrows biting fingers or or cook the scumbag or whatever but um yeah yeah i just i just think you're right mark i think i think he doesn't need to be doing that stuff anymore so (laughs) ironically um, enough and then larger jordy yeah ironically enough we can't send char after him 
because he's on the other damn yeah, team. He's on it. And Centenorti. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously. And then our boy Kevin Miller, just healthy. Well, I don't know what his deal is, but he's been out for since before the Tahoe game. But the East, Jordy, I mean, the Islanders on a little tear right now. You know, Bruins were two weeks ago comfortably in the lead, and now the Islanders, you know, have that have a lead and now quickly uh, things change in a week and Islanders undefeated at home. So let's talk about that. Well, they're undefeated in regulation at home and it's same with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's 10 and two, both teams really good at home and really bad on the road, both uh, under 500 records away from their home barns. But the Islanders with all their different home arena crap that's been going on 10 0 and two, they look awesome and really play in that trots ball that we talked about two weeks ago, whether or not this was going to work in the division and, and what, what was it going to do? Cause the other teams are flying around starting to figure it out. And since then, Greg, I think they were listening and they've been beaten up on teams. Now, granted they played a three game set, swept the Buffalo Sabres on long Island. They played the devils. They I'm trying to see who they played right before that. Oh, they played the Bruins the night of the podcast that we did. And then split a, split a uh, weekend set with the Penguins, but you know they're they're doing what they need to do, and, and the fact that it's at home, you know, you should be winning there, and especially against the teams at the top of the division. We talked about it two weeks ago that you know the the better teams should be beating the worse off teams, and that's what they're doing. Jordy, as a as a someone in this division, are you scared the Bruins are doing as well as they are, and they have not played the Sabers once? Is that true? They haven't played Buffalo yet. Correct. Wow. Um, I mean, I'm not scared because the Flyers have to do their own thing. You know, they, uh, you know, they but that's to, like, uh, it's you know, good that the Flyers have even, played even, five games against the Bruins. I'll put it that way. <laughs> even if the, even if the, even if the Sabres get one game out of, out of, out of the out eight, of the right? Eight, yeah. Like, like that's still a shitload of points. The Bruins just are going to get granted speaking too soon, maybe. And, and the Bruins are getting injured right now. And, and they're, they're, they're losing guys left and right, but especially on defense. But it's you know it's hopefully hopefully they get guys back and they get they they're they're still two weeks away from playing the Sabers. Like that's just incredible to me that they're yeah, next Thursday without. first game in Buffalo. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, mean, I and, guess the only answer yeah. to that is is if you're going to compare your team against one team versus another team like Flyers against the Bruins, and the. Uh, Bruins against the Bruins, Bruins against the or Flyers against the Sabers and the Bruins against the Sabers. You know, it's just ultimately what your record ends up being. The Flyers right now three and one. They play tomorrow night. You know, so there. You know, so there's that of, of what it is. So if it ends up being, you know, it. I guess it ultimately ends up being of how, whether or not I'm scared if uh, you know, the Flyers end up going whatever record. You know, it's just if the Bruins end up beating it, so be it. They're you know they're a good team and the Sabers aren't playing very well and it's only getting worse from here. So that's. You know, positive in your book that you haven't played them yet. Is that because of COVID, or was that always it, scheduled this way? Well, they had two games scheduled earlier, and, and COVID canceled them okay. when the Sabers had it. Um, but yeah, it's it's just like, and they've only played Pittsburgh twice, I think. Yeah, that's the Flyers. The, the Flyers have only games. played. They've only played the Devils twice. They've only played the Islanders twice. The Rangers twice. So they yeah. uh they get some but some help it, there. It, it, I mean, we all was going to be a dogfight, Mark, and I had, I had, I had the Bruins, uh, Flyers, Rangers, and Islanders. Three out of four are looking great right now. Tell me why the the Rangers are going to come back, jump uh, the Capitals and Penguins, and the Flyers as well got to jump 
those two teams to make the playoffs. Tell me why my prediction is going to come true, Mark. Why the Rangers are going to make the playoffs? <laughs> you can that, say it won't. Is that your you prediction? Can, you can say it won't. I, mean, I, I think like that's I said, just a waste to... of everybody's time if I start talking about that. <laughs> and, uh, Greg, I think you brought the Buffalo point up last podcast, didn't didn't you? I thought yeah, we talked yeah, about it a little I, bit. Yeah. yeah, yes, I did, and that's and that's I still they still haven't. Two weeks later, they still haven't played the Sabers yet. So it's just like and with the, and with all the rumors of the Sabers trading Eichel potentially, and obviously Taylor Hall on a one year deal. Like you have to assume they're going to move Taylor Hall unless things turn around. Like because they're, they're not getting they might as well get picks for them like they they're ha- they have to be they have to be sellers coming up in the next three weeks because that's when the or four weeks when the deadline is so it's like to me they're only going to get worse and hopefully the Bruins get healthier because Casa played what three games this year he's supposed to be their second line winger uh you know they're rough and tumble defense Grizzly got hurt for a bunch of year Miller you know they just they've just been Pasternak missed the beginning of the year a little bit, but anyway, I don't know. Mark, you had you had the Capitals. You had did you have Pittsburgh? Or did you have the Flyers? You had the yeah. Flyers. We had the Islanders. Mark and I had who, all, who, we had the same four teams. We had the Flyers, Penguins, Bruins, and Capitals. Yikes! And so at least I, I had the Islanders. Islanders fifth because like they made they've made deep playoff runs the past couple of years. I I'm not surprised that they're doing as well as they are. Yeah, I don't know, Mark. You watch all the Bruins Islanders game. Like, I feel like I was saying this last week, but every time that Bruins play the Islanders, except for this last time, it's always a bat. It's like right after they play another team, it's like the next game. Yeah, you know, we're gonna make this into a Bruins talk right now. But you know why? I well, I know why the Bruins struggle with New Jersey because New Jersey's young and has the speed. But why is it that the Bruins just cannot play the Islanders? And and does it scare you in a seven game playoff series that the Bruins cannot beat the Islanders? No, I think they'd eventually figure it out. But um, I mean, I don't think the Bruins have played the Islanders at home yet. It's always been in Long Island. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll sum up the Islanders and Buffalo very quickly in simple sentences. So the Islanders to me are like in a video game. It's a bunch of eighty five overall players like Anders Lee, Everly. Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, like solid foundation of just B-level players. And you got your Barzell, the stud, the stud, the superstar, the guy's going to score in the power play. You got Nick Letty in back, and then you got the two Russian goalies of Barlamov and Sorokin. And then mm-hmm. Barry Trotch just running the show, having that defensive system. They're like all robots on that team. They just play great structure. It's boring to watch, but, I mean, it gets it done. And are they going to go far in the playoffs? Probably not. They're just going to be this annoying team that gets in the way of everybody. That's my Islanders thought. Um, Buffalo, I like it. I mean, it's true. Yeah, they're, You're right. They're You're vets in the back too. That's their big thing, at least from the team that lost to them in the playoffs. They're uh, they they're just vets that play for a coach that has them well disciplined, and they get it done. Yeah. And you mentioned it with Barzell; he's having an incredible year. Anders Lee scoring it currently at, at a half a goal per game clip, which is. I feel like a little high for him, but he's he can get it done. I mean, he got he was scoring well in the playoffs and it's continuing. So it's definitely it's something where I, I just feel like their team they're the highest scoring team in the division right now at seventy three goals. Or no, the Penguins are actually. Oh, and watch, never mind. They're the third highest scoring team in the division. But seventy three goals in twenty five games seems I know it's less than three goals a game, but it it just seems a little high for them that they would probably they're probably gonna start winning more games, one nothing, two nothing than these these games that are, you know, they're they're starting to 
really light up the lamp. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's the key of this team to, to fall off. And I did check while you were talking, Mark. They have only played on Long Island. They have not played in Boston yet, which is uh, wild to see. It doesn't look like any of those games were postponed either. So that's a, a weird scheduling faux pas. They have some good grinders too on like with Komarov and yeah, they're, they're third Matt and fourth Martin. line. Like they're tough. Their third and fourth line will work you down if you're not ready for it. So that's that's definitely their their biggest thing going for them. E for Montrage is loving this team right now. Oh yeah, isn't he right? <laughs> the super but, fan. Uh, just real quick on Buffalo because this is a joke. Like Jeff Skinner, Greg, ten million a year salary, one goal, yeah. one assist in twenty games. Oh. 29 years old, 28 years old. Damn. Like 10 million a year, that's like almost Bergeron and Marchand combined at 12 million for a guy with two points. And then you got Taylor Hall, the big signing, former MVP, two goals in 23 games. Two goals. The crazy thing about the Sabres, That's my Buffalo Sabres. So the crazy thing about the Sabres, they have the lowest penalty minutes taken in the league. They also have one of the best power plays, which – a couple weeks ago, going to that weekend series of the Flyers, it was the number one power play in the league. But they're 31st. They're third currently in power play. They're 31st, the lowest amount of goals scored in the NHL, which is just nuts. It just means, like, that they're – it's Eichel and, at times, Sam Reinhart when he's healthy that are scoring goals. And then the rest of this team is just complete dogging it. I don't know. It's nuts. Guess what Eichel's career plus minus is? Like minus a thousand. Let's just say, uh, it's currently minus nine. Minus, minus Gronk's favorite number. Wow. Yikes! Are you serious? Is that including this year? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. But, but still, minus sixty-nine. That's... He's minus nine. Rasmus Dahlin, former former number all number one overall pick, stud defenseman, minus twenty-one. Like, this team can't get help to save their lives. And, like, part of this is, like, guys have been hurt. Even Eichel was hurt for a little bit. And, like, their goalies have been hurt. They've had, like, personal issues, which, we, you know, we don't need to shit on anybody for that. But, like, you know, it, they they can't get help to for anybody to save their lives, aside from the fact that they aren't taking penalties. But, again, like, they they brought – like Mark said, they have Skinner, they have Hall, they have, like, like they have – They have those goals super, out of those three. The, but I'm saying, I'm saying they have those stud defensemen, like, in theory, they they should have. They should be better. They they should have the talent, right? They're 18th in goals against, which means like it's the fucking Jacob Degrom thing of like even if they were just scoring like one or two more goals in every other game, their record is probably a lot better than it should be. Like it's you know it's something nuts. And, I don't know that Reinhardt's their leader in goals. He's been hurt. I don't know how many games, and he has nine goals. Like that's just absurd. They got Dylan Cousins, the former Canada Team Canada World Junior Captain, this past year. They got they brought in Eric Stahl to bring in that veteran leadership. Colin I Miller, they brought a, him in, or he's been so, there for a couple of years now. I think this, I'm not sure. It looks like this is, might be his first year there because okay. he's been in Vegas, right? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but oh, they brought yeah, in right, Eric right, Stahl right. to bring that leadership. Yeah. Maybe it's like a veteran thing because they're a bunch of young guys, and maybe it's a coach thing, but it's a brand new coach. I don't know. Buffalo might just be cursed. I. If, who do you think uh, is Eichel going to get traded? That's who do you think question. is the first one to be traded? Because I don't think it's like, like I really think that Ristolainen is going to be traded. He's a pending UFA. I pr- really want the Flyers to pick him up, but Eichel. There's something about a no move clause that either it either kicks in next year or it expires this upcoming summer. 
Uh, so there's something about that, but like Taylor Hall, do you think like a guy like no, Kyle? Hall, Hall, what Hall is it? has to be the first one to go. He's on a, I said Hall has to be the first one to go. He's on a one year deal. I was going to say maybe a Kyle Opozo, a guy who like. I feel bad for Hall. Yeah. Well, like Opozo doesn't have any, he only has one point, but like this, like, I feel like Taylor Hall is going to be like, there's going to be, be some shit that the Sabres are going to want to figure out for like getting the right price and all that sort of stuff. Like what New Jersey got from the, from the coyotes last year. Like, so there might be like a little, like silent little deal that gets thrown out there. There haven't been a ton. That's like, kind of, I was thinking about this before we were, before we, uh, hopped on for the pre-show stuff of just that there haven't been a ton of trades outside of the Dubois, uh, line a deal of like, even those like silent little, little moves. Like there's been waiver moves and all that sort of stuff with how the taxi squads have been. But I feel like we like, almost need that little appetizer before we start getting the real, I don't want to use the word blockbuster, but these bigger name trades that involve draft picks involve more serious cap dumps than just like a veteran that gets moved for whatever. Like we've gotten a few of those, but nothing serious outside of the line. A Dubois trade. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're what, four or five weeks away still. So there's still some time. And I mean, things at this point, especially the East, like, maybe not Buffalo, but everyone in theory, I guess maybe not New Jersey, but everyone's still in it. Right. And, and you can make an argument that like the Red Wings, they're already rebuilding. They're not trading anyone. The stars were the cup team last year. They think they can make it, you know, like you look at some of the, the, the teams in the other division, Ottawa's in a rebuild. Vancouver's super young. They're not going to trade anyone out West. Everyone's young except for Vegas, Colorado and St. Louis. So they're not trading anyone. So it's like, the only team that can trade people are the Sabres, like big time names, I should say, the Sabres. I guess Arizona could get rid of Kessel, but uh, the Bruins will take them back. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's only yeah, so yeah. many teams that there's only so many teams that really have a big name guy to get traded, and because the Sabres are that team right now, I feel like they're they're going to be talked about for the next four weeks. Trade who's going to trade? Who's going to trade? Who's going to trade? Yeah, I guess we'll have to figure it out. But anything else in the East before we move on to other divisions? Let's breeze to the other divisions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, we didn't do too much Flyers talk, but th- you can find all my opinions on it on my Instagram rants that I do. But do you guys have any thoughts on where the Flyers are and what they should be doing? Okay, get a defenseman. I don't even I don't even think it's a defenseman. Before Mark, who actually likes the Flyers, goes, I, I think it's they, they're surviving their injury bug, right? They're, they're covid bug their injury bug they're they're banged up they had to co- they had covid run through the team they're getting back together they're you know they're just starting to get everyone back right in theory yeah. so so it's just a matter of everyone getting their legs back onto them them figuring out okay like i've had to play with joe scrub for the last three weeks all right let me figure out how to play with claude Giroux again oh let me figure out how to play you know what i mean it's just building that chemistry getting their legs back onto them they'll be fine and and they're overplaying Carter Hart still, and I think they should continue. They should ease off him a little bit. But well, they didn't this week. Not, I'm not... Elliot played. He started the second two games against the Penguins, and there Carter Hart only so played last night. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So, so that's even better. So that's good. So smart. Yeah. They, so they're, since they're realizing Lake Tahoe, since Lake Tahoe, they've played what eight games? I think they've each started four. Perfect. So they realize and they overplayed Carter Hart. They need to give him a little bit of break. But that's the thing. They're just getting they're getting healthy again. Mark can speak again. But I you know, I just don't know. <laughs> Defenseman, I don't know, you know, I know you say that year in, year out, but 
where are you going to find a good defenseman? I mean, the Bruins picked up someone off the waiver wire, a 6-4 defenseman. Six, six. Where are the Flyers who need 6-6? Six, six. Where are the Flyers to pick him up? You know what I mean? Like, there's people out there. Go get them if you're really that concerned. But I think they're just trying to get healthy. Yeah, it's partly that. They're they're in a bit of a cap issue. So that's partly why they're not getting out and getting free agents. That's why the trade the trade market is where a lot of fans are focusing on of Aristolainen and Ekholm or somebody like that. But Mark, yeah, yeah, do you have any thoughts um, on the Flyers? I mean, I think they're sort of right where they need to be. Like Greg made a good point. They've gone through the injury bug and they're only I mean they've played less games than the leaders in the division, only 22 games, and they're two points behind. So they have two games in hand, some of those teams above them, and they're two points behind. I think they're right where they need to be. Um, I think Carter Hart needs to sort of find his world-class form. Um, like, is he the real deal? Like, the past two seasons, he has been. This is a weird, weird year. But, um, I mean, his stats aren't getting any better. I brought it up podcast after podcast, his numbers – are pretty bad. 8.93 save percentage, 3.47 goals against. Uh, Greg, he's played 14 games and Elliott's played 10, so they're, he's getting his rest. He's not. I mean, he, he doesn't. Yeah, need he started two more. Kid, yeah, to Greg's point. The, the, the kid's 22, 23 years old. Like he can handle it. Um, but yeah, defenseman's been a thing for them. They like. But I've been thinking, like Jordy, who who's an asset that they could trade to get a defenseman? They have a bunch of dudes over at the Phantoms that that they could try to maybe get a, get away with trading or maybe like before all these defensive woes and a lot of it is post COVID but like a Phil Myers could have been a, a name to float out there. You'd probably have to to do part with a couple of your first round picks or the, the guys that you they're, they're gonna they're gonna have to get rid of Oscar. They're gonna have to get rid of Oscar. Yeah, that's the one problem is like an Oscar Lindblom or anybody that like is kind of a what's it called a um expansion draft potential guy like you're almost now like trading away shields that you could protect and now like you're opening up different different aspects to it of who may get traded or like if they traded away like if they got to the point they had to sell and traded like jvr to try to like capitalize on his comeback season and maybe get like a couple picks for it or a pick for it and then now now who are you leaving open to being taken off that way so it is something of of that sort of thing of of figuring out who is the right the, the right pieces to move without really demolishing any of the chemistry that's being built. Cause the one nice thing is they've, they've shuffled around the lines, especially through different COVID stuff. And some of it's worked and some of it hasn't, but a lot of the guys seem to really like each other in the room. So that that's a big part of it too. But you'd probably, I mean like Morgan Frost is a name out there that like he, you know, is supposed to be this really, this really great player. He's been hurt a ton. So like, that's a guy that maybe could be a name thrown out there. There's dudes that are in that, are on the Phantoms right now, their AHL team, like like a – they probably wouldn't trade Zade Wilson, their fourth-round pick last year. This guy who – he's 18 years old. He's supposed to be playing in juniors, but is playing in the AHL and been killing it. And, like, he's probably doing nothing but build his value. So, like, is that a name that you want to throw out there? I wouldn't think so because he's only 18 and there's you – know, the world of him, Tyson Forrester is another one that's a former first-round pick of theirs. So, like, those are probably guys that they'd have to maybe let go of or at least float out there and – and see what it happens. See what happens that way. So it's it's definitely a fine line to try to uh, figure out a trade market and, and how that all is going to work. But let's move on. We're going to go Central Division next. And Greg, I know we're you silent really- because we're we're silent because we don't care about uh, the Flyers. Just, I know you don't. Just I know kidding. you don't. You, I'm just kidding. I'm you, just kidding, Jordy. Of course I care. I wouldn't. I, I, well, I'm going to do. Again, I'm going to do what, we'll, Greg, we'll I'm gonna to do what you're doing to Mark. I'm going to give you permission to speak. 
Speak about the uh, about the hurricanes. I give you permission. <laughs> I wasn't giving I wasn't giving Mark Fisher permission. I was more trying to get his thoughts because he knows more about the Flyers than I do. I just know about the Flyers getting <laughs> curb stomped by the Bruins this year. That's all I know. Um, but <laughs> uh. sorry, that was it. That's all I wanted to say. Sorry. That's all you want to say about Carolina is the Flyers get curb stomped by the Bruins. Um, Carolina. I mean. I had them. I had them. Uh, I had. I had them in your the fav- playoffs for this division. I feel your like, favorite team. I. I feel like yeah, the team that the reason why the Bruins lost the Cup to the to the Blues because they played the <laughs> Hurricanes. It was just a cakewalk for the Bruins. Yep. Um, I feel like Carolina. This division is not great. So Carolina was going to, with the exception of of Tampa, was going to just beat up on everyone. Like it just shows you how good the the Bruins Bruins Toronto Tampa division has been uh and the east in general has been because these teams are just you look at the top teams in all divisions it's all the, it's all the teams that you know are in the east if you will right so like of all these of all the divisions every team that's in the east is, seems to be the ones that are leading obviously with the exception of Vegas because there's no east teams in those but the eastern conference is just that much better this year right now or the last couple of years and and it's proof with Tampa, Carolina, and Florida being the top teams, and then Columbus was until you know the line A trade has not worked out for them. But those three teams, top three, there's a reason why. Because again, the East is just that much better. Um, Carolina's on a tear right now, five in a row. That's that's pretty good. They have a great goal differential and getting good goaltending and the home home ice again. The same thing we talked about with the Islanders that they're doing it at home, which is great and. Um, but I get. I think it goes more. It speaks more to how terrible this division is. How terrible, like Dallas. No one expected Dallas to be this bad this this late into the season, if you will. Um, Nashville, we knew. Detroit, we knew. Columbus, I guess, is is a surprise as well. But Chicago, I, I believe, I was Mark or you. One of you two had Chicago making the playoffs right there. So there you go. So and Chicago getting Kirby Doc. I got, I got a lot of and, shit from my cousins that I don't pick the Blackhawks. So I, I've just been well, I've been leaning go. into that skid of just not picking them, but that's my point is that you know Mark Mark called the Blackhawks and here they are and Patrick Kane's on an all worldly pace right now again and you know he's scoring another milestone goal but um, and then speaking of milestones there's another milestone in this but you know Mark Mark brought it up so I'll let him bring it up with that but I just think that this uh, especially Carolina they're just beating up on like you mentioned teams that they should be beating. Yeah, it absolutely is. And you mentioned their goal differential. Tenth in the league in goals against their goaltending, which kind of just came together of getting Reimer and, and um, their backup goalie is uh, – it's not it's, – it's, yeah, it's not – Morazic's hurt. Um, Nedjulovic, this you – know, Alex Nedjulovic, not sure where they got him from, but these guys that have just kind of fallen into their lap of either free ag- good free agent deals or from trades that have just turned into – awesome goalies, you know, guys that, that teams wish they still had and wish that were performing like this when they were on their team. Uh, see Peter Morazic's time with the Philadelphia Flyers for why I'm saying that. But, you know, and, then, and then the guys that they've acquired, you know, Trocek, a guy that it kind of seemed like Tampa was just, you know, willing to just part with, and Carolina was like, all right, we'll take him, and they traded a first-round pick. This is a guy that's tied for their lead in points. It's their leading goal-getter, Sebastian Ajo, just completely tearing it up. No sophomore slump from him. And Jordan Stahl just turning back the clocks and continuing to do it for him. So 
I don't know. This is a team that that's high flying and and really, I think, despite having no fans or. I, Actually, I'm not sure if Carolina has fans or not, but despite not all the fans in the building that a couple years ago they were struggling to get, and last year they had the storm surge and all that, despite none of that, they're still having a blast, and it seems like it, and it's reflecting in their record. Yeah, I mean, um, like our first podcast this year, I was all about this is going to be a weird season, right? It's not an 82-game season. This is going to benefit veterans who have been there been through weird situations and you can see through the standings it's all these teams that have been been through the dog fights been through the wars i mean la kings i thought they'd have a like you know a comeback season this year they're two points out of a playoff spot chicago blackhawks everybody thought they were done they're fourth in their division um i just thought it was a weird year and, and got teams with veteran guys would would be able to you know manage their time off the ice better and know how to prepare but um yeah, going also, Greg, you were mentioning how weak the West is. Like Minnesota, I'm not a big believer in them still. I think any team in the East would be better than them. Like if they were in the Bruins division or if they were in any other division, I don't think they'd be in fourth place. Maybe not in the Canadian division, but not including the Canadian division. But yeah, Minnesota's weak. I don't think they should be. Fourth place team that Honda West Division with Vegas, St. Louis, and Colorado is very top heavy. Um, but Jordy, I wanted to bring up this fun stat. I don't think you were aware of this, but do you know how weak your Flyers special teams are currently? Oh no, I am well aware of how bad the Flyers special teams are. They have only scored. I'm sure you have the number. What four power play goals since February first? They're like four for sixty-two. And their penalty kill, like you're just seeing this on the statistics. When they take a penalty, Excuse it's me. just it's just prepared for them to fucking let the, for the other team to score. Their penalty kill is Excuse so me. fucking bad. And then five on five in their own zone, it's like they're on a fucking penalty kill. So when they actually take a penalty, it's like they're on a five on three penalty kill. It's got it's awful. You don't even need to read read the stats. It's not going to shock me. No, read them. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with my last take with the whole veterans thing, but yeah, back to the Flyers. They're uh, PK. They're it's horrendous. 28th in the league out of yeah. 31 teams, 72.2%. And their power play is 18%, 22 in the league. Yikes. Now, yeah, it's bad. a little fun fact. I had some NHL coaches growing up. Your PK percentage and your power play percentage to be a good special teams team like combining both those two percentages need to add up to a hundred percent yeah so you got what the flyers it's a it's a little under 90 percent. 18 plus 72 is that's 90 90 percent. yeah that's not cutting yeah it's not yeah no oh it, it's not it's not past me and it's not past anyone else in philadelphia there i was saying before greg came on and greg's not gonna be shocked about this the boo birds were flying when the flyers went 0 for 4 in their first game with fans back. And you could hear the fans yelling out, shoot, which is normally annoying as all get up. Ask Matty D about that. Either of you, Mark hasn't met him yet, but you'll you'll understand why pretty quickly with how many games he goes to of how annoyed he gets at it. But they need to fucking shoot on the power play. They need to stop with this tic-tac-toe bullshit they try to do, although other teams, it works very well on their power plays against the Flyers. <laughs> it is, uh, it's right. rough. Who... Who who answered this, Mark and Jordy? Who on the Flyers? Who's their shooter? Who's their power play? Like who actually like? I feel like 
Joel Farabee. He's your second line power play. Who who's the, who's the shooter? You know, like it's normally Couturier's a passer first. It's normally Couturier or Kevin Hayes. Um, Hayes going up in the front. Couturier kind of finding a spot in the slot or in the high slot, trying to get that that one time pass from Drew from the other side of the ice. Uh, Provorov's a big one there. Gostisbehere, kind of yes and no, a uh, guy who who likes Trade to be that eight. offensive de- offensive defenseman, but likes to move the puck that way, likes to try to sneak down low. A lot of the Flyers defensemen do, and that's where a lot of their problems happen in terms of odd man rushes that go against them and and all this sort of stuff, and why you find defensemen that have three dudes behind them. You're going to get me ranting again. But, um, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. (laughs) So so the short answer is no one. Sorry, go ahead, Mark. No, I was just saying that So literally, look up. There was a – they talked about on the press conference last night – and Ivan Provorov basically did a shrug of, of I don't know, the Bud Selig when they had the tie at the All-Star game. Remember that fucking shrug? It's basically that. And Couturier's pissed off at all get-up. Couturier breaking his stick in Pittsburgh. That led to the comeback. He almost did it again on Saturday night. And then last night, you can just tell in his press conference, he's fucking fed up with whatever power play system they're trying to run. He, I think he wants to try to change something. And hopefully they do because, again, it's like four goals since February 1st. All right, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, like I said, that hundred, that hundred percent equaling for the power point, the penalty kill, like that's the threshold to be successful. Guess what the Bruins are are combined. Two hundred. One ten. One thirteen. Good for that. Ooh, nice. That's the benchmark. Hundred hundred percent combined. That's awesome. Flyers need to step that shit up, Jordy. What are and you guys that, doing? No, I don't, I, again, I don't disagree with you. It is very well, active. Even the fucking the, Rangers, Greg's Rangers are at 102. So, Flyers need to step it up. And that's without Panarin. Panarin. No Panarin. Panarin uh, it's a Jad with like two goals. I mean, it's like, you know, the Rangers need... The Rangers, to answer your question... The, to, yeah, he did. But to answer your question, Greg, the Rangers <laughs> just need to fucking score goals. They're one of the better... Strangely... True. A team who's like a bunch of fucking twenty-year-olds playing defense, and these offensive dudes that fly all over the place—they're, you know, their offense is bullshit this year. But we're we're going back. Why are we going back to the East? And we when we left the Central, let's get back to the Central Division. So we talked about Carolina a little bit. Tampa doing Tampa things. Is that enough to say about Tampa? Or do you guys have other nice things you want to say about the Lightning? Tampa's gonna be Tampa. We all know who they are. <laughs> They need to play the back of more. I want to pump my own tires and say how I called Dallas Stars having yeah, a post Stanley Cup. I'm like dead wrong. Slump. Well, they're, they're plus two on their goal differential, and they're seven, eight, and five. How do, how the fuck does that work out? The uh, I don't know, but three shootout losses, maybe I don't know. Five overtime losses. Yeah, I guess it means that their other wins are like blowouts. I guess Sagan's been out the whole year too. Yeah, that's a good point, but. A positive I mean, goal differential. It's nuts. I think I think we're learning more and more over time that Mark's predictions uh, every every now and again, or I guess mo- more often than not, he's been he's been on it. So There's something in your family uh, about prediction. Something in your family about predicting things. <laughs> I know we just know know the game. I don't know. I think Dallas. You have to imagine they figured out, but maybe last year truly was a fluke. Maybe everything came together at the right time for them in that. You know, they figured out how to how to handle the bubble, and and they had the right game for the bubble, and they had the right combination of teams to go up against, and then they met Tampa, which you no know, was a wagon. You know, no one was beating them, but 
uh, I feel like maybe that's why they had the success they had, but you, I don't know. I just surprised certainly for sure. And like you said, Jordy, is they are scoring more than they're giving up, which is baffling for, because every team around them, they're at the bottom of their division and the other team below them is minus 33 goal differential. The next team minus 21 minus 16 and they're plus two and they're, they're in second to last place. So uh, riddle me that they've only played 20 games. Granted, so, it might be that yeah. their their top two point getters are defensemen and Klimberg and, and Heiskanen. Um, maybe that's a big part of it. Their defensemen are that good, and pencil one of them in for Norris finalist. I don't know. Well, I mean, have have you seen what the uh, have you seen what Hedman or or our boy uh, of uh, Quinn Hughes what, is doing in Vancouver? I'm saying for a finalist, not to win. Give him credit, you know, or or put Kadobin <laughs> on on a was on a Vesna finalist there. Yeah, Kadobi. The K is silent. I I understand <laughs> that. I was trying to be funny. All right, I'm I'm gonna like to Django Unchained so we can move on. Yeah, all right. Uh, so anything? I know you had a you want had a special shout out you wanted to give Mark about a certain uh fl- another Floridian that's down there on the Panthers. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna go quick rapid fire here. So right, like Nashville. Nashville, they can't score. We knew that coming into the season, and that's apparent now. They don't really have an offense. Matthew Shane, not a big fan of him. Um, yeah, that's why they're sitting in sixth place. Columbus, I think they're going to be buyers at the trade deadline. They need another piece. Um, they're still in it. They're do they have assets to trade, though? Not sorry for interrupting you, but do they have any assets? I haven't done the research. I'm just looking at the standings, and they need, they need a couple more pieces. And then – Chicago, Patty Kane, he's a wizard. He's having – he's on a career pace, I believe. He's tearing it up. He's fun to watch. Tune into him. Um, and then, yeah, Florida, Keith Yandel just played his thousandth game. Um, I saw him growing up play against your your guys' alma mater at Berkshire. He was at Cushing Academy playing against Greg and my brother. Um, yeah, he's nasty. Um, thousand games. I think he's got like an 800-plus game Ironman streak going. Yeah, it's, it's like 860 or, or something like that. And then uh, also on Florida Panthers, my Kent alumni, Noel Achari, just scored his third career hat trick the other night. So shout out to him. Oh, wow. That's pretty sick. Yeah, and some of the goals were pretty sick too. He had a great game. I think I kind of like Mark's recap. I feel like we should just go right to have Mark recap the divisions and the then fires, we yeah. can give our thoughts after that. I feel like I feel like we just found the new way to do this. I feel like it's always For those uh, who have made it. I, I blacked out like Will Ferrell in old school right there. So let's just, <laughs> it's not going to happen every time. No, I like it. I like it the, the, the on the fly building of the podcast. So, Greg, a, a new idea. We talked about this offline, but we were about to do. So we're, you know, obviously spring training's underway. There's a little inside baseball for the listeners. Of uh, baseball starting, we're going to do our six division previews, but I also want to do individualized team previews. And I threw out an idea to one of my friends who's a Yankee fan. And he's like, oh, come over. You know, come over and do the podcast because the other guy that's going to do it was coming over to, to hang out and and, and uh, have a knockback a few, watch some, uh, watch some Saturday night sports, college basketball and whatnot. So I'm like, All right, okay, I haven't done any research. I'm thinking like, oh, I don't know how we're going to do the podcast. So maybe I can host it. And I'm glad we didn't end up – doing the podcast because I realized very quickly as soon as they started talking about it that I was grossly unprepared. So keep an eye out for that, everybody. We're going to get individualized previews along with the division previews. It's going to be fun. But I like the point of the story. 
I like the on the fly figuring out additions and and uh, adjustments to the podcast. Hey, did you guys see Barzell's goal the other night? The, in oh, it was the sick! Oh my god, oh, it was god. incredible. Unreal. Well, for thank, one, thank god not for even Mark just the finish. Back. Not even just the finish. Yeah, it was a nice little interlude for me. Pat on the back here, but not even just the finish from <laughs> from Barzell, but the fact that he just completely outside or took the speed and went on the outside corner to get the separation for that finish was just incredible from him. I mean, the buy, the the holdout for the contract, you know, clearly worked. I, I honestly can't talk about Barzell because it just makes me so angry. The Bruins had three picks consecutively, and the the first pick after the Bruins' three picks was Barzell, and it just infuriates me to no end because he would be – the per he's the winger of the goal scorer that they need. He's the perfect he's what they need on the second line with David Krejci and, and the the goal scoring in the cups they would have won with him. Ugh. We had 13, 14, 15 in the 2015 NHL draft. Back to back to back. Didn't someone and else Barzell have that though? 16th. Didn't somebody else have that 16th. though and you guys got posture knock after that? It was like somebody Barzell had two picks. It was somebody had two picks in a yeah, row. Jordy. Yeah. Greg, to defend that, two of those guys that were picked that we picked are playing for us still. They're NHL players, so Debraska and uh, Zaboro. So it's not like they were complete busts. Uh, just it just infuriates me. He's so good, and and that play was unreal. And for those who don't, who haven't seen it, maybe uh, maybe the the bullpen cart uh, Instagram social media can get the rights somehow and put the put the clip out, but. I recommend finding it because it's just one of those clips that highlight of the year, you know, you have to imagine it's going to be a candidate, if you will, because it's just that, that good, that skill, that much of a skill play. And uh, it's impressive to say the least. Oh, so what I'm thinking of for this is that the Vancouver Canucks traded Ryan Kessler to get this pick, the 24th overall pick from the Ducks. And they picked Jared McCann, and the next pick was was David Pasternak. So they traded up to get a, a first round pick by kind of like by kind of doing the, the soft reset and pick the wrong guy. So that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I I, I was shocked that Pasta was so late. Like I feel like I've heard that at, when they played Tahoe and oh. to hear that he got drafted where he did was just crazy. So Jordy, shout out to the bullpen cart getting on uh, the Flyers Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, that's right. We didn't even yeah. talk about that. We got a, I got retweeted talking about the 2018 draft. Oh. Of the picture they put out of uh, Joel Farabee, young Beezer, Philly Joel, the top points per game guy out of the 2018 draft. So shout out to him. But this is uh, this is wild going on 2014. So Dylan Larkin was the okay. 15th pick. Well, I was giving you pro- giving you props about fucking Pasternak, but you don't need to hear that now. But notable Go names, Terriers. notable names between Dylan Larkin and David Pasternak. Travis Sanheim by the Flyers. Ugh. Alex Tuck by the Wild, not even in Minnesota anymore. Tony D'Angelo by the Lightning, not even there and not even with the Rangers right now. Nick Schmaltz Yikes. with the Blackhawks, who ended up winning the Stanley Cup, so it doesn't matter if he was how good he was. Kasperi Kapanen with the Penguins, who had a who scored a couple goals against the Flyers. And then the Jared McCann pick that I talked about. So some guys that are playing in the NHL but are, are not David Pasternak in the slightest. So, uh... Some some big swings and misses. There. Just pull me. I, I went to the podcast to see what the correct name of this was, so I didn't pronounce it incorrectly. 
and then accidentally <laughs> gave a three star rating, Jordy. I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I just I fixed it and put five, but hopefully it doesn't just save my first one. Oh my god. But carry on, moving on. Oh, uh, all right. So uh what is that perfect. where are we going? Go Canada now? One, are we going to the Canadian division? Unreal. Talk about them. Yeah, I want Mark to recap. <laughs> yeah, Mark, give, give us a quick hit on the Canadian division. Week. What do we need to know? Uh, didn't prepare for this one, but uh... <laughs> we talk. About, can we talk about how? Well, 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 we could, we could, but can we talk about how Mark like actually listens to the bullpen card? It's pretty sick. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, That's... listen, for those out there, you, you, you listen to the podcast and you cut, you get, you're, you're able to come on and be a regular contributor and and. Uh, I mean, look at Mark. He's already he's thriving in the new role. Yeah, the, the quote for the Mighty Ducks. The quote for the Mighty Ducks. Show me you want it, son. Over there. It's the quote for the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Show me you want it, son. Jordy does have a giant microphone. I'm out here, I'm out here in my Apple AirPods or or my Apple headphones. And hey, Amazon Prime Jordy's Day. Out here with the, Amazon Prime Day. Special powers. Amazon Prime Day. You get some great deals. The magic, the golden voice. Uh, the golden for those who voice. listen to the podcast, know Jordy has a golden voice, and <laughs> and Mark is convinced. Oh, and I'm, I'm starting to see the light. I'm starting to see the light. Mark is convinced, and I'm starting to see the light. It's the microphone. What is this Mark fucking Michael Jordan? The Michael Jordan Spike Lee. It's the shoes. It's the shoes. Listen, oh, hey, Canadian division though. Claude Claude Julian just got the axe. But I'm looking at the standings. Why? Why? Have, the Canadians only played 23 games when everybody else has played like 26, 27. There's no COVID up there, so it must just no. be scheduling. Yeah, because Winnipeg's only played 24 as well, so I feel like yeah, yeah they uh, must be scheduling. But um, yeah, we to get us back on the rails, Jordy. Um, Toronto again goes back to if they weren't in the division with Tampa and Boston, how good would they be the last X amount of years? Jumbo Joe is is making Marner and and Matthews even that much better, and Matthews is just both of them are on tears this year. Uh, Matthews is what he's leading the leading all the NHL with goals, and and Marner's top five in points. So uh, if not second or fourth in assists, something like that, crazy. So um, they're just absolute tear. Good for them. Um, Finally, they get out of the shadow of the Bruins and, and Lightning and beating up on, on those teams in Canada. I feel like the biggest surprise has to be the Canucks, which we've talked about uh, week over week about how they're at the bottom of the thing. But I think another another team to be surprised by is Calgary. Like Calgary has played three more games in Montreal, as Mark mentioned, and they're they're three points behind Montreal. So Calgary they're last is a team in that... goals in the Canadian division, which is the biggest shocker, I think. Yeah, and, and Calgary is a team that we all came in very high on, and they were high on themselves just because of of the success they've had in recent years. I think it goes back to, again, their, the the Western Conference is being they weaker won, than They than won the their East. division two years ago. A good Pacific division two years ago, they won. Well, let's not call it good. It, clearly, we're, if we're, Vegas, if we're learning they anything beat, from... They beat the defending Western Conference champions in their division in the regular season. That's, you know, that's a learning, good enough division. If we're learning... <laughs> Well, if we're learning anything, if we're learning anything from the reshuffle, it's that the East Eastern Conference is far superior than the Western Conference. One, I'm not disagreeing on that point. Again, but I'm giving our Calgary Flames some credit here. To, going back to Dallas with the Dallas with the with the cup hangover, Vegas was with a cup hangover as well. But anyway, we're moving on. Calgary is a surprise to me. 
just because we talk about Vancouver every week, but Calgary being where they are and still being below the Canadians who fired their coach, like Mark mentioned, they fired the Canadians were a playoff team. They were number two behind Toronto for, forever in this division. They still legit have a chance to be number two in this division, but for whatever reason, they fired their coach. And I mean, we talked about it two weeks ago, it baffled us then. It baffles, baffles me now to this day, but you know, they're 500 since firing him. So clearly nothing good has changed because of it. So, but they're still in the playoffs as of now, and we'll see how it works out for them. But I mean, this is, Pierre-Luc Dubois is starting to score goals for Winnipeg and Winnipeg is only going to find themselves further and further up uh, the standings. And Edmonton is taking advantage of uh, Calgary and Vancouver's weak or down years, if you will. So good for Edmonton. And uh, McDavid is the best player in all of hockey right now. Right. Could we agree with that? 43 points on the year leading the next host guy by six or five. So, you know, he's got to be up. Dreisaitl is, is, the th- third in points in, in the NHL. So the two of them are on the pace that they were two years ago. So it's just the, it's their, their wagon and Toronto's wagon. Winnipeg is doing better with Luke, Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I don't know. I feel like Calgary, Vancouver have played themselves out of it this early in the season. And it's hard to see them making it again, unless Montreal has, falls off a cliff. The biggest surprise to me is Toronto. Like, yeah, we knew knew their offense is going to be a powerhouse, right? But their goals against and their defense and their goaltending, all three of their goalies are above a 900 save percentage, all better than Kata Hat. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Toronto, It'll like... It'll come. Their defense, it's usually, like, their defense is what's surprising me out of them. And, yeah, I think they're a real cup contender this year. Um, Montreal... I listened to like a reporter talk about them and why Claude Julian got fired. I think they just needed like a new voice in the room. His message got old and that's what happens in the NHL from time to time. Coaches, um, you guys just kind of get sick of the, hearing the same old thing every day. Um, but I think they'll, they'll be fine. Um, Calgary, do you see the Lucic Darnell nurse fight the other night? It was a pretty good one. That was a good one. Um, I think Calgary, if they don't make it this, they could blow the whole thing up over there. Uh, so keep an eye out for that down the road yeah I know you guys were talking about Vancouver last podcast Um, technically they're not out of it they're only four points behind although five games in hand but I'm they're not done yet Ottawa's obviously done but I think uh, if I was a betting man the the four teams that are in it that are in the playoff spots right now are going to finish that way yeah I'd probably agree with that I uh Greg I think we talked about last week or last podcast two weeks ago that of Mark's shout outs to a certain podcast. I think we need to do the Leo meme when he references the, uh, he did not say it by name this time, but he referenced the reporter that was on right after Julian got fired. I think we need to need to get a memes account for that. You know, you know, you know the meme I'm talking about the Leo with a beer can from once upon a time in Hollywood. Where he's pointing at the television. Yeah, He's pointing at the television. We need that for uh, the spit and chicklets uh, reference there. Wow, free pub, uh, huh, Jordy? Uh, Jesus, Jordy, free pub. <laughs> hey, they're the, uh, I don't know. Uh, listen, listen, though. I'm trying, to, least, make a, I'm trying to make Mark's, a joke. At least Mark's ideas are original when he, when he uh, like, he uses it as a When he references them. Yeah, it's not, it's not a he, verbatim take. He, it's not a, it's not a, this is, this is my take and this is my opinion. 
Mark uses it as a reference. No, no, no. Then, I'm not. I'm not then, saying negative. I'm just. I was just pointing it out. I was trying to make a, Mark. A, so the, Mark, Mark, the, the back. Thing. Mark, the backstory is that the 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 there was a gentleman who used to be on who we who we challenged to to text us if he listens this deep into the podcast. He used to be on the NHL podcast and. He was removed because he would come in week <laughs> this after week. This is why just... he wasn't removed. He was re- he was never removed. Mark came on. Mark Mark uh... he, he was he was removed because verbatim <laughs> verbatim he's not gonna listen anyway. He was not, he's not gonna listen anyway because verbatim he would come in and be like, oh, like you know the podcast who who no free pubs, but there's an NHL podcast that would say like. Oh, trade Crosby because this, this, and this, and he would come on the podcast two days later with uh, with this podcast and be like, "Oh, trade Crosby because of A, B, and C, the exact same points, the exact same thing." Like it was his own idea. From whereas you are just like, "Hey," whereas Mark is like, "Hey, this is a resource that's free to me. I have an insider telling me what to do." Uh, okay, here's my opinion on what this guy said. Yeah, I never so, said it was a bad thing that he referenced it. I was just pointing it out because we talked about it last time. You're just, ang- you're just, you're just angry. You're, you're just angry because Mark is, Mark is pointing out that Carter Hart's turning into another Philadelphia goalie that's going to be a bust, and that's why you're angry. Great. That's a skill, though, to memorize something and then to just verbatim repeat it word for word. So <laughs> well, the one, to that guy. The one that was, that was the most <laughs> impressive – was the, there was the deep cut where I said the Bruins were going to win the Stanley Cup. And it was like all, the exact same like vulgar um, something that happened in Greg's pants that he said that it was the same about one of the, the Chicklets guys that this reporter said when he picked the Bruins to win the Cup. It was very impressive of that. And that's how I realized the one the one time that he did it. Um, to, to sum this up, like... Claude Julian's message and voice got boring and the Bruins organization, like guys were kind of, his, his time was up, you know, it, it gets kind of stale after a while. And I think it makes sense that that same thing happened again. Um, he did help turn that team around. I mean, they are, they were a playoff team last year. They're going to be a playoff team this year. Like I think he could get a job again. Um, I think he he's will. A, he's a great coach. So I, I don't think we've seen the last of him. No, how old is he? I don't think he's close to being done, right? Like retirement or anything isn't it, isn't on the the table. Sixty-two. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's a larger point. Like Mark's saying, it's just he's 60. he's like that old school, not old school, but he's that older game, older style of play and game, and you know the the message has has I don't want to say gone stale, but like. The new, the new wave, the new wave, the new age of kids. Like all these kids are being taught differently. Like they're being, Visualized. they're being, yeah, exactly. And and everything, the game's changing, and coaches are adjusting. Uh, you have to treat players differently than than how they were treated in years past. That's that's true in high school. That's true in, you know, it, that's true in in across the board in all sports or, or all levels, I should say. And and I think uh, all walks of life. Yeah, I think I think Julian. Yeah, exactly. I think Julian is is maybe one of those guys who's stuck in the past. But it sounded like it sounded like uh, I mean, Mark kind of mentioned it, but he he was what he was. They had gone through a, a losing streak last year, and the reason why they didn't fire him last year is because they were young. But they were like, oh, he's going through it again. We don't want to. We don't want to like. We don't want the same thing to happen last year that happened this year or something, right? 
Yeah, it was effectively know. something like that of a uh, you know him him winning against the Penguins and you know, doing well enough against the Flyers. I think gave him a little extra, little extra life on the leash, and then you know not totally getting it done. I mean, the crazy thing though is this team. We were talking about Winnipeg scoring and all that sort of stuff. This team is fourth in the division in scoring, obviously fourth in the division in the standings, but is doing pretty well defensively. They have a plus 12 goal differential. That's second best in the division. It's something that's, I don't know, it's it's pretty nuts to just think that, that it was just too much there of, of what's been happening to, to, to any of that. You know, we talked so much about Jeff Petrie and how good of a year he's having and various different dudes, Suzuki, guys that seemed like they were perfect Julian guys that are still playing well. So it's certainly something where somebody had to have said, you know what, enough is enough. And, you know, finally, well, just, there was definitely some, like, just, some interference that was done either by a player, like, pulling a, you know, an Eichel of saying, I don't like this guy anymore, or what it, it like, that's my theory of, of something like that. It just, you know it, that the, the it, message wasn't, wasn't there. I'm sorry, you, you go. No, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, and that was my fault, uh, acting like an amateur podcaster, but that, it just, <laughs> it just, the, the, it went from, like, oh, he's great, like, Suzuki's, have an MVP season. He's going to win the whatever, you know, it's like the Bergeron, which is what his nickname now. That's what the, that's what the awards called now. He's going to win the Bergeron. He's, you know, two way player, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, Oh, Julian's fired. It's like, how, how is it this Montreal team two weeks ago was the talk of the town. Everyone's like, Oh, they're nasty. They're nasty. They're nasty. And all of a sudden, just like that, Oh, we're going to fire Julian. Cause he had one losing streak. Like, if, if the Flyers fired their coach every time there's a losing streak, you know, there'd be 17 coaches uh, for the Flyers in one year. And, like, that's just – No, no, no. It would be every other coach would be a former Flyers player. So it would be the same guy, like, every other time. <laughs> that's what it would be. Yeah. And then the, that's the other thing is, like, yeah. I, well, anyway. Um, I'm just going to tie this into the most important position in the whole sport, maybe of all sports. I think it comes down to goaltending, and I can tie this in with the Flyers. Like, you got Carey Price, world, world-class world player, right? Kata hot on his way to being a world-class world player. Both guys well, under 900 save percentages. I think if those guys find their form, both would leapfrog up to two spots, Jordy. What do you think? Like, so I'm glad you mentioned Carey Price because I remembered the whole Yaroslav Halak Carey Price debacle, or not debacle, but that whole debate of who should be who should be there, and that made me feel better about Carter Hart's little little slower uh, second full season so far. But I think you're right. Of just hold on, my uh, microphone a little disconnected, so I can't hear you guys talk. But I do think it's something where. With Carey Price and what's going on there, I mean they're still playing well around him with their defense. So I don't know. It's it's something. I I just think it's a team that that is playing in this smaller division with teams that are underperforming and and you know they're they're a solid squad and their forwards are playing really well and I don't know. It's an interesting storyline coming out of a division that that really you mentioned it, Mark. That these four teams are probably going to be the four playoff teams and maybe Calgary does something to shake things up and close that gap makes the uh i mean maybe even vancouver if they figure something out but um i don't really think that's going to happen with just how young and i, I think they're just having a, a, a down year there of of what's happening with them but you know it's it's adding a storyline to a division that that frankly will probably remain pretty similar to what it is maybe edmonton 
heats up and Winnipeg cools off and maybe Edmonton gets the two seed in that division. But I don't know. At this point, it, it seems pretty uh, solidified in what's going on. Yeah, I just want to say it goes back to it. Um, and I'm going to hang my hat on this all year, but I picked Toronto as my sneaky team non-favorite to win the cup. So I'll, uh, I'm going huh, to hang my hat on that. I'm going to hang my hat for the rest of the year on that. So you're welcome to all those who, who listen then, to my Then when they lose, Don't you're going to be Grandpa Simpson doing the uh, walks in, twirls around, <laughs> hangs his hat and picks it up and leaves. <laughs> They have, they have Joe Thornton on their team, Greg. They'll choke in the end. Oh, <laughs> no, don't do it to Jumbo. Don't do it to Jumbo. I mean, that seems like Keep the perfect transition to Jumbo's old team in the West, the San Jose Sharks, who, uh, like, two years ago, we thought were going to be a, a perennial Western Conference final favorite. They are in dead last in a division that is exactly what we thought it was going to be with Vegas, St. Louis, and Colorado at the front. Mark, give us some quick hitters on this because this division is really starting to solidify outside of L.A. and Arizona kind of keeping things interesting. Yeah, I mean, you got the top three who we all knew were going to be the top three, right? A little surprising Colorado's not doing a little bit better. They'll um, figure it out. But, yeah, I, I imagined these four, five, and six to be where they're at, um, and I picked L.A. to sneak in just with the veteran core that they've had, they have. All three of them have been having a pretty good season, right? Dowdy, Kopitar, Quick. Um, maybe not so much Quick. But, um, yeah, Arizona, you, you'd know they'd kind of be hovering around the playoff spot. And then those two California bottom feeders. Um, and I was just interested to see if uh, some Anaheim's prospect. Is, does Santa have any, like, nasty young prospects? That was Anaheim? Juniors? Or is that was that L.A. Kings? Well, they both do. De- uh, Trevor Zegers has been playing. The Kings do. No, he, no, he's no Jordy. He's talking about San Jose. Oh. Yeah, the Kings. The that was the Kings and the Ducks. And the Ducks Mark, I don't yeah. think San Jose had it. Yeah, San Jose Santa... gave up all their. San Jose yeah, gave have, up all their. They don't picks have anything on their pipeline. Yeah, they're they gave up all their picks for Carlson. Them and Buffalo. I don't know who's in a worse situation. I think Buffalo's even in a better situation because they're younger. San Jose is kind of screwed right now. Like. Like yeah. how much are they paying Carlson here? A yeah, they line. went for it all and it backfired. I'm gonna pull it up on cap friendly. They went for it all and it backfired. It just that's what happened. And 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 that, that brings up the question, you know, you're looking up, but it brings up the question. It, like, is it worth paying a defense? Like, is it worth paying a defenseman? You know, is it like Carlson, PK Subban, uh Drew Doughty, you know, yes, they're they're world class players, but their teams suffered because of it nashville or the canadians had to trade him away nashville had to trade him away for pk dowdy and the kings have not been good since they paid him carlson since he got paid he got traded by ottawa got paid they haven't been good in in san jose since so ottawa's been terrible so it's just like is it worth paying comes to question when headman comes around and when headman's contract comes due is it going to be worth paying him the money that he's owed if you look at the rest of the the top defensemen that are getting paid in the NHL or, or the history of it recently, I should say. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's something where it's like the, the Sergey Bobrovsky contract, right? Like he got paid an ass ton of money and stunk last year. Like our goalie's going to like the top goalie's going to continue to get paid a decent amount of money. Probably are the top defensemen. Probably. I think the biggest wrinkle in this equation right now is the salary cap and where it's going in the, in the era of COVID and how quickly but fans name it, get, name- 
No, no, but Sorry. right point is name, like how quickly can team. fans get back into the seats to make make the cap go up? So I don't know. I I don't have when Headman's contract comes up, but like I'm trying to think name of a, a team. That... Name a team that like paid a top defenseman and stayed relevant. I don't know Detroit, Your Angelo, Vegas. Yeah, that's one. That's a good one. I was going to say Detroit in the first couple of years, like salary cap era, they won a Stanley Cup and almost won a second one. I mean, they yeah, you know, Yossi's, they had a ton of du- good dudes then. Yossi's getting nine mil a year this year. Headman eight point five. Angelo Peter Angelo is like eight point five. Um, but yeah, Carlson at eleven. He's at eleven five. Brent Burns is eleven point five. Velasics at seven, and then they're paying. Couture eight, Evander Kane seven, and that all, that was almost a dead cap hit if you remember that crazy storyline. And then Timo Meyer's getting paid six, so it's like a lot of guys that are some guys are young, some guys are on the north end of thirty. Evander Kane's about to turn thirty. It's you know they're paying a lot of guys a, a decent amount of their salary cap space, so we kind of know why it's not working out. These guys aren't performing incredibly well, but you know it's. It is something where if you want to put that much space into so few players of your salary cap space, it's gonna it's gonna come due if they aren't performing. Yeah, the Sharks are in trouble. I mean, what a bad trade that is turning out to be. They got Carlson, paid him, and gave up like all their draft picks. Is Ryan Donato? So, he's about to be an, an RFA. Is he almost a lock to get some sort of sweet offer sheet? No, you don't think so. Not at all. No. no. He, there's a reason why he's bounced around from team to team. Yeah, he's kind of like that Galchenyuk type where you think he's going to be a goal scorer, but he's not quite skilled enough to be first or second line. And then he doesn't really play a role in the third or fourth line. So he's kind of stuck in, in limbo of not knowing what he can do. And oh, right. basically, gonna, I think he'll end up in like the AHL unless he figures it out. Like, uh, who's that guy? Riley Smith on Vegas. Did he's, I thought he was going to be one of those guys, but he's turned out to be a player. Anyways, yeah, Donato. I don't know, he scored uh, 10 goals a year, you know. He's a solid, I'd say he's a solid bottom six guy. 10 goals a year. 10 goals a year is nothing, dude, especially he for, like, yeah. Kill penalties? Does he hit? Does he intimidate guys? Does he, like, I don't have the hits numbers in front shots? Of me. Does he do anything like that? I don't, Cap Friendly doesn't have those. He, doesn't, he, does, he, he does, does kill do penalties. That, okay, he, all right. I'm he, he, pretty sure he killed penalties with, with Minnesota, but I don't think he does it with... <laughs> with san jose but that the point is that mark's bringing up which is great is like they they have these or Donato's not getting paid they have these young talent guys that are just uh, almost hurting them if, as opposed to helping them you know that they're, they're i don't know you're right I, I would rather going back to mark's point i'd rather be buffalo right now than than san jose just no, i don't the, disagree i was just trying to bring i was trying to bring up features. another storyline maybe to, to follow along with san jose and evander king you know that debt gambling debt he's in oh boy yeah remember yeah remember he was like filed for bankruptcy yeah and does the even yeah. get drafted just a complete does Donato even get drafted by i don't think Donato gets drafted by the expansion team could he uh, yeah i guess he could be he's yeah, uh, enough least, years in there um, at least actually i don't think pending our phase can be still well, they, they brought no, Marlowe okay. back well, after he was yeah. with uh, – what's it called? They brought him back on one-year deal at the veteran minimum. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so other teams in the West, I don't you know, I mean, you said it at the top, Mark. These are the teams we thought. I think Colorado will be back. I think they've they've battled a lot of different injuries with all their COVID shit to go back to Greg's 
COVID point um, that he was talking about with the Flyers. I, I just think they need to get back into their groove and they'll be all right. I mean, I think their goaltending's been a lot better than we thought it was going to be, or at least it's been good. And I, I'm not worried about that. I think these these three teams are going to be there. I think Vegas. They're only two points ahead of St. Louis. It feels like St. Louis hasn't played their best hockey, or at least the best hockey that they had going, but they've been hot, kind of hot recently. So I don't know. It'll it'll be really fun to follow along at least those three, but it'll be interesting to see the uh, how the fourth spot in the Western Com- or the Western Division goes in that regard. How much uh, of a piece of shit is Bennington too going around trying to fight everybody? Oh yeah, that, that whole thing. What a crazy person. I hate Bennington. I hate Bennington. He's, I do too. he's a he's joke. A loser. He's a loser. Should we should we have realized loser, this with the whole right? "Do I look nervous?" thing when he yelled at the reporter? Like we all thought it was badass, but like, or you guys didn't because it was. Oh, against well, the I was just saying. Yeah, uh, but, don't 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 speak for me. I never thought it was badass. Please. But like, dude, should we like have realized like this guy's kind of a crazy person when he did that? Most goalies are crazy, but he's just like kind of an asshole too. Yeah. Yeah. He's a loser. I mean, he, I, 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 I think he's kept off Team Canada because of character issues. What a loser! I mean, the guy has a nine oh eight save percentage. Their backup is barely played. I mean, you talked about it with Carter Hart of him being overplayed. It's nineteen to eight in terms of games played, and Bennington's been pulled from two games. This Huso guy has come in in relief for two of them. Um, so I, I don't know if that's something where they're going to run him into the ground. Who knows what happens there? They traded away what's his face, Jake the Snake. And, you know, that, that, that might blow up in their face. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, because they're clearly one of the three best teams in their division. But I don't know. That's a that's certainly a storyline. We can try to make a bigger deal than it is. It's a shit division. Another <laughs> thing, though, is um, Team USA's hero, Trevor Zegras, on Anaheim. He's gotten, gotten in six games this year. Kind of disappointing, though. Only one assist, no goals. So I thought he'd be a little bit better. Well, they they haven't been playing a lot, and they have him on the third third line. Maybe it's it's uh he just got called up like two or two weeks ago, right, Jordy? And and yeah, it was you're right, Mark. Ago. You you would hope that he would he would do more, but he's just ironically the other USA kid from a couple of years ago, Troy Terry, is he's having a better. I guess this is his third year or whatever, but he's having a better bounce back or what people thought he would have year this year than he, Zegers, But He had a nice goal the other night, Troy Terry, freaking like fake forehand, backhand in close, just uses edges very nicely. But um, yeah, Zegers disappointing start. And it just goes to show how impressive Matthews his opening night was in 2016, four goals. Like that was crazy. Like when a guy does that, you know, he's special. So yeah, it's um, a great point. And now Matthews is still dominating. Stud. Right. Uh, that was that was a big time statement. That that was a memorable night. I was in Vegas. I remember. Oh, we had some money on. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, Greg, I wanted to before I forgot. I and we didn't talk about this before, but we talked about the Flyers, like who they should get, and we all know they need to get a defenseman. But what do you think the Bruins need to? You know, take that next step this year, and hopefully Don Sweeney's aggressive with this team in the trade deadline. Yeah, it's tough because it's the same stock answer that you're going to get everywhere. It's it's uh, a someone to to support. Either you get a first line winger, or you get someone a goal scorer who can play with Krejci. Because you get a first line winger who can fill in 
and and do enough that Marshawn and Bergeron can can take care of the rest, or you get a uh, another goal scorer to go and play with Krejci because Krejci is a playmaker and he needs goal scores on his line. You know, similar to like Lucic and Horton both could bury the puck and Krejci was just like he would set them up in the slot and they would just shoot and they would just score from there. So the Bruins need is that type of player to, like I said, go out and, and either fill like let Posh not go to the second line with Krejci or get a winger who's going to play and be a goal scorer on, on uh, Krejci's line, whether it's, I mean, we, we joked about it two weeks ago, but when Crosby was, they were potentially talking about trading Crosby, getting the Marshawn Bergeron uh, Crosby team Canada line back together and then putting uh, Poshnok with Krejci. I mean, obviously it's a pipe dream, but that idea of going out and getting a top or a, a good goal scorer because Casa, yes. Well, well, Kasha, when he comes back, he's also a playmaker. He's not a goal scorer. They need, they need someone on that second line who can be a goal scorer and DeBrusque isn't it. And who they, what they have now, there's no, I mean, Richie is playing out of his mind. He's playing better than, than what his career projection, but he, he in theory could be like a Lucic type, but they still need another guy on that second line to, to fill that goal scoring role. This is the same song we sing every year. Need a winger. Every year. You need a winger. It's every, every single year. Yep. It's the same damn thing. And I think the Brusque has one goal this year, his slowest start of his career. Yeah. Uh, Krejci right. had one goal. Maybe it's Krejci. Maybe he's the problem not making the guys around him better. Like no one's accusing him of anything. Um, it's but true. Yeah, I, I, they, need, they need to do something because you can't just have those three guys in the top line. Best line in hockey or top two with McDavid. But I mean, if you face a team in, in the playoffs who has shut down D, those guys can just get canceled out of the game. And then what are you left with? So I don't know. Yeah, and that's, what, have to... and that's what's, that's what's happened in the, in the last couple of years is, is, you know, like the, those, you know, that, that first line gets shut down against St. Louis and, you know, they end up losing that series that, that they get shut down against Tampa. They lose that series. You know, it's just like, they, there's only so far one line can go, and that's why the Bruins were doing so well this year because Bergeron, Marshawn, I mean, Marshawn's up there in points in the NHL. Mar- Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasta doing their special teams are doing their thing, and those that line's doing their thing. Well, you need secondary scoring. You need, you know, you need all these young forwards that you have to actually score and take the next step, and you need a Matthew Barzell, a goal scorer on the second line instead of Jake DeBrusque. You need – a goal scorer and yes you're right it's the same song it's frustrating same song every year it's like the flyers saying they need a goalie it's just one of those things that and they, forever is going to be this way they owe it to bergeron they owe it to Not like, anymore how the team responded they owe it to how the team responded the other night like this is a, a tight-knit team how they respond to wilson's head like veteran guys i mean the window's closing they have one or two more years three more years max of, of this window of these guys in their prime um, so they got to do something. Hopefully Don Sweeney uses that Harvard education just to like come up with some magical trade to, to make this team better. I mean, they, they've tried with, in the past with Rick Nash giving away a first round pick. They tried getting Johansson and Coyle a couple years ago. Um, they need to do something because what they have now is that, yeah, they could go far in the playoffs, but it's not going to, I don't think it's going to get it done. They have a lot of depth on D to and, and Halak and, and net, but 
they need to find that secondary scoring. And we said that heading into the year in the first podcast, and it's the same problem now. But um, yeah, yeah, same story. That's my, that's my Bruins take. They got exactly. to use that habit education. And uh, I did a little research. Turns out Patrick Kane didn't score his first goal till his seventh NHL game. So, you know, Zegras, only six games. Maybe the seventh one will be the charm. <laughs> I hope he goes out and scores in the seventh game and then. This, this, the Mark just predicting, Marky predicts is just a thing now. <laughs> Fucking love it. No, there's plenty uh, of guys so that Jordy, have, slow, have the slow start. So, yeah, definitely not a worry there, I wouldn't think. Jordy, before we end, uh, I, we still have to go over my, uh, my gripe with you. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. What's this about? So, Mark, do you have anything else in the NHL? I'm good. I've spoken far too much already. Carry on. What you love, I love, I love this the the amount you spoke tonight. Um, Jordy, anything else? No, I got nothing. I love that you're like critiquing uh, Mark with the the mid pod coach feedback. Like I love, love that you're talking. <laughs> I love that you're talking. Stick taps for you. There's, there's no critiquing. It's, a, it's no. You're just exactly. like you're you're just like the assistant coach, just like t- going over his shoulder, being like, yeah, all right, I love it. I love the play. I love the play. Love the energy. Mental midget. Mental midget over here. <laughs> Listen, listen, I'm nobody's assistant, Jordy. How dare you? Okay, all right. The head is the head coach sticking his head down, being like, "Love the energy, love the energy." <laughs> no, not normally. You're GD right, especially with if you if you if you have a top player like Higgins on the back end, you have to go yeah. to your superstar. You have to go to your superstar and 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 rub their backs a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so what's this great anyway. thing? Can't take a slap shot though. But. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Point man on the power play can't take a slap shot. Um, Jordy, let's get into this because these flyer recap videos you're making here, yeah, you can't be doing more than five minutes. These eight minute videos you've been producing for the last three recaps because you're trying to cram four four games into one recap. No, it's so just, today was two murder. The previous two it's were murder. Penguins. The previous two, the first one was because the Flyers played like shit against the Penguins on Tuesday night. The second one was the recap. Or was the was the comeback game? This one was was crammed. Both of them. So a little live mid podcast. Should I do I, them I, Sunday morning? I personally don't think the content flies over the weekend. So that's why I don't do the mid weekend stuff. If you guys disagree, listen, then I'll do them I on just, Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. I just don't think they fly. I, just, I don't think I anybody's going to see there, them. I, I just sit there listening to the listening to this video. Next thing I know, it's nine minutes in, and it's like. This guy's still talking about the Flyers' loss last night. Like Jesus, they lost. We all know it's because of their their COVID. Like, what are we doing here? You know, it's just it's, it's just well, like thoughts. why are we eight, why are we eight and a half minutes in? What's going on here? I have thoughts. If I have thoughts, I have receipts. Do I not bleed? I I'm a human, <laughs> not a robot. Here, the larger point here, Jordy. The golden voice, you might be a robot with that voice. The, go- <laughs> the, the larger point here... I'm not a robot. I'm just Albert. And Mark can, and Mark can attest. Like, if you get an Instagram video that's more than... That's more than uh, three minutes, five minutes, there's no chance you're sticking through the whole thing. Okay. That's yeah, fair. This, People's attention spans nowadays is very short. Fucking millennials. And, and listen, I'm someone who who is who is listening to and watching the whole videos 
because out of support and solidarity for you and trying to get your views up but jesus christ eight excuse like eight minutes in i'm like what what are we still doing talking about like what is going on here okay all right (laughs) noted constructive criticism baby no it's a constructive criticism and i appreciate it see this is why greg's the coach greg's coaching here i love the (laughs) mid podcast coaching see you know it's a mid a mid period adjustment you gotta Greg's calling time Mark, out. Mark, Mark, could you back me up, or do you disagree? What, what, am I am I out on my own here? Are people, yeah, are I mean, less is more. Less, less is more. Keep people engaged. That's no, no, all no, I can no, say. no, no. It's a fair do. point. It's a fair point. But how about Dak Prescott getting the highest signing bonus in NFL history with a? He just had that broken leg, like his entire leg broke. He just got paid the highest bonus ever. So props to Dallas. Ever, it's wild. I'm not giving and the, and I'm not giving the Cowboys any the most, props because I hate the, the Dallas Cowboys. The, the most guaranteed money. I mean, it's a it's a it's imagine imagine giving a guy that that off of that major surgery, you're giving him that much money. Like that's just silly, silly. You know, uh, I did agree. And, you know, I hate the Dallas Cowboys, but I agreed that they should pay Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott all the money in the world. Talk about uh, percentages of a of a salary cap. Give them eighty percent of their salary cap. Do all that stuff. Make it so they can't get any free agents. I hate the Dallas Cowboys, but good for Dak Prescott that he at least got some sort who of finished higher in the standings. Yeah, uh, well, no, the Eagles finished. The I, last, gen- I generally don't know. I generally, generally yeah. Don't when's know. the last time the Dallas Cowboys even sniffed a Super Bowl in fucking nineteen ninety four? But you'd never hear it if you ever. Talk to a Cowboys fan. They're fucking stuck with Troy Aikman when he played. They don't even recognize it. He's the goddamn booth for every one of their games. It's on Fox with Joe Buck. They don't recognize it. They have they they have now won a, a playoff game, but they they've only won one since 1995. And they act like they're America's team. America's team of what? You should be offended, Greg. You have six Super Bowls <laughs> since then. You should be offended too. The Cowboys are not America's seven. team. We have seven. First, first of all, first seven. of all. I don't have anything. <laughs> I, I don't play for anyone. Mark, how Mark, how good does it feel right now to make a comment and then just have Jordy go off? This is this is why I bait Jordy. This is why I troll him. This is why I kneel him for this right now. I have the biggest smile on my face because you're you're experiencing it for the first time. You make a subtle little comment and Jordy goes on a rant and and you you heard the inflection, you heard this temperature rising, you could feel his face getting redder you could just feel it over over the, the airwaves and and i'm so glad that you got to experience it Marvin. you're the one trolling him because that feeling never goes away and that's why i do it every pod just just to get him just to get him on it oh, that, right? that, we're only we're only a week that. into spring training just wait until the phillies bullpen really starts getting going greg is gonna greg will just poke me and be like oh yeah that hector nearest splitter it's so great and i'll just he's just i'll just tee off on it like players tee off on hector nearest's splitter See, you already got there's, me talking about fucking Hector Nearest. I didn't even have to say anything. There's some times where, let's say I don't have, let's say, me, uh, let's say I'm pulling a Matt ED and eating dinner in the middle of a podcast, and I, instead of clanking away, I go on, I ask Jordy a question, <laughs> needle him, go on, click it away. Five minutes later, five minutes later, Jordy hasn't taken a breath, and, and no one misses me because it's Jordy's on a rant. I don't I mean, know what's better. Mark. I don't know what's better. <laughs> Matt ED click it away, or he removed himself from the podcast. <laughs> uh, you have to explain that one. No, no, no one's gonna understand that one. 
Yeah, that, uh... Well, that's a, that was a you phrase. That's a Greg phrase. I'm gonna have to explain this, too, if he actually fucking listens to this. Oh, and be like, that was a Greg phrase. Greg phrasing. Save my own ass. Throw you under the bus. So, we'll repeat the story for Mark. I'll repeat it offline. Um, but let's wrap okay. this thing up. What, uh... Anything else that we have hockey? Wait, wait, Mark. I want, I, want, I, want, I want Mark to answer my question about how good is, how good is that oh, yeah, feel yeah, yeah, needling Jordy like that. I mean, I didn't even intend to get him around. I didn't make the <laughs> Eagles connection, but he just did it himself. I was just making a point that, like, props to Dak. Like, they were saying he might not get paid after that injury. So, sort of happy for him because knee injury or whatever type no, no, of injuries. No, no. Like I have nothing injury. wrong with – like, I'm good for him for getting paid because he deserves to, like, get – he deserves to get paid. I want as, – as the Cowboys – as a Cowboys hater – I wanted the Cowboys to spend way too much money on him, but good for him for getting paid. He's a talented quarterback, and obviously he got hurt and deserves something because they could have like really dicked him over. In all honesty, I'm not the fucking Man. people. We talked offline about the the Capitals trying to f- troll Flyers fans, putting out AAA batteries on their Twitter, and we were like, no, it's D batteries. Do some fucking research. And obviously, the other big one is Eagles fans booing Michael Irving. Um, but uh, this is not that scenario. All respect to Dak Prescott. Just talk to wrapping up the NHL. My final thoughts. I'm looking at Instagram right now. I see Ovechkin's quote of like in response to the seven game Wilson suspension. And this is what he said. Kind of a joke. So, I mean, (laughs) I'd love to hear some Capitals fans defend Wilson's hit and why it should have been less, but uh, I don't know any Caps fans really, but yeah, I can't wait to play them in the playoffs or play them next. Those are entertaining games. Always good games. That's against my final thought. Always good games against the Capitals. I think uh, Ovi started to pick it up though, goal scoring wise. I think he'll uh, he'll. I feel like he'll start to really get it going, and we'll see it. His name start to appear towards the top of the list in a couple weeks. Three, three away from Esposito. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he should have gotten another one last night against the Flyers. He he sat in like right above the circles along the board, just like waiting for a guy there, so he could just you know get. He already had a goal in the game. And you could tell he just wanted to like throw it on net for a guy to tip it into the empty netter, and he just waited too long. And the fly, the Flyers for whatever reason, somehow play good defense when there's no goalie in the net. Um, all crazy shit, but yeah, he'll uh, he'll he'll we'll see him fly up the the goal list. Ovi. Yeah, not as good as the great one, but yeah, Journey, great pod. Um, I think. Uh... I'm sorry for the technical difficulties coming into it. Those who don't know, I, I this well, is prob- this is true. Mark's longest. Yeah, this yeah. is Mark's longest. This is Mark's longest podcast. He's, he finally uh, finally figured out a marathon one, and uh, uh, I needed to get a piss bottle for this one. Jeez, <laughs> that's the secret. Welcome to Jordy's life. Welcome to Jordy's life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my secret. Nice. All right, Jordy, let's uh, let's sign it off with uh, with this. Cut down those videos. Stop making them fifteen right, minutes. Noted. No, noted. Noted. Um, the golf twenty bucks says you can't get retweeted again by the Flyers. Oh, I'll eventually get retweeted Ooh, by like somebody. Um, <laughs> Till the next podcast. Oh, 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 Ooh, yeah. Two weeks. I'm, I'm not taking that bet. Two weeks. Um, oh, come on. No, I've Soft. I've put a I've imposed a twit I've imposed a, a during Twitter game ban on me because uh, i mushed them so badly against the penguins in that game um or no in the game they had the comeback in so it didn't work I, of the third game against the penguins so i was tweeting a little bit last night 
but uh, the ban the ban seemingly works a little bit. <laughs> Go bees. Yeah. So everybody subscribe to the podcast, the bullpen cart where Mark gave us a nice three, three star review. You guys give us a five star review. <laughs> we'll give you a shout out. Thunderblog sports on Instagram is where you can hear my rants of whatever oh, length they might be. Gosh. Maybe I'll do a 15 minute rant about why Greg is a nice person. Then people will listen. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? You know, and to be fair, I probably won't even make it. I probably won't even make it that deep into the, to, to the, to the 15 minute rant to hear that. The 15-minute Greg praise. Um, ThunderBLG on Twitter. The Bullpen Card Facebook group, which I need to actually put up question polls for. Uh, but for Mark Higgins and Greg Piatelli, I am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Have a great week, everybody. Maybe we'll see you later this week for baseball previews. And let's go Flyers. Go Bees.